Welcome, everybody, to episode 10 of the Untitled Themed Entertainment Design Show podcast. I'm here with Patrick. Say hello, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Now, uh, yeah, <laughs> great to do our 10th episode. We did a little bit of holiday and year review with Mall of America. Great fans and friends of the show. We've got Chris and Amelia on to talk about their holiday offerings and the always exciting log flume ride. And the changes that they, the seasonal and sometimes promotional changes that they uh, inflict on the ride and the public and their guests. And it's always a good time. And uh, we hope you enjoy and happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, hello. Happy holidays, Patrick. Hey, happy holidays to you, Andy. That's, uh, it was nice hearing that intro. I, I haven't heard it all year. I know. It's, it's our, our only December show, so I resurrected the corpse of our last year's video intro. <laughs> yeah. well, no, it's fun. No, I, it, uh, it's nice to see that again, and uh, it's nice to see you. Absolutely. What do you got on your shirt today? Uh, today is Burbank Pub, brought to you by... The Burbank Pub. Uh, visit uh, whenever you are in Burbank, except for Sundays and Mondays. <laughs> no, it's uh, right up the street from my house, and we're very fortunate to have the best restaurant in Burbank just stumbling distance away. No, that's great. Well, we're live coast to coast around the globe. Um, we are. You know, it's, it's a holiday slumber a little bit on any street, except there's a lot of news out there, right, Andy? Why don't we go ahead? And, we're going to have Mall of America on in just a few moments, the whole entire mall. The whole mall. Let's go ahead and dive into the news. Go ahead, Andy. That sounds good. Um, you know, I, I wish there was better news, but, uh, you know, theme parks uh, in Europe are all about to close if they haven't already. Uh, Efteling is, was the first to announce uh, Fantasialand, uh, Fantasialand, uh, sorry, to the Germans, um, uh, is about to announce that they're going to close as well, at least through January, which is like, I guess there's there's going to be a hard lockdown in the Netherlands again. And I guess Germany is not taking any chances. I think we'll really know that it's serious if Disneyland Paris closes again. So we'll find out, I would imagine, this week. But uh, yeah, I uh, wonder if, if this is, uh, uh, you know, the sign of things to come again for the for the winter season. But yeah. uh, I don't know. If do you think we'll see any closures here in the states? Well, no. Well, let's see. I think I think it's like too much going on in California. California would be the prime suspect of a place to close, right? Um, but I, I be very it'd be very interesting to see if it would. Uh, it probably need to be pretty. You need to have the hospitals packed again and 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 all that. I will say I'm I'm boosted. Feels great. You know, I did that before IAPA, had a, a sore arm. It was very light for me and highly recommended. It feels great to be, you know, they, they say triple vaxxed and your, your Omicron. This, you know, it seems to be driven by Omicron and people going away for the holidays. And I'll just say it's a, uh, it feels good. 
to be vaxxed and um, ready to go and feels feels that extra level of protection. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't gotten my booster yet. I'm actually going to probably do that today after the show. Um, but yeah. um, certainly before the holidays. And the other news uh, we wanted to talk about was the mass cancellation of Oga's Cantina reservations here at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about that, a lot of upset people. I know that uh, um, it upset uh, Dave Cobb's birthday plans for next month as well. We're gonna have a yeah, big party at Ogos for for him. Yeah, it's it's so it's you know at risk. You of can't not- trust those RX droids to run anything. <laughs> you can't, you can't, it's it's very interesting. You know, I'm gonna comment on it a little bit. It's pretty. Sh- I'm pretty shocked that you know had they sent an email out saying, "Hey, due to COVID nineteen and the rising cases, we're going to you know need to reschedule, or we'd like to we need to reschedule a few of you if you're willing to reschedule." can we give you a fast pass or lightning lane for the day or anything like that? I think that it, it could have been handled pretty quietly as opposed to just canceling, you know, hundreds of, we're not, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's really bad operations, bad guest service. And um, I don't, I don't know. It's the things that are happening are odd uh, there uh, from somebody that worked there for many years and follows the industry. It's, it's very curious that they would just cancel all these reserv- reservations um, with nothing to compensate for it. You know? Well, apparently, apparently um, if people call and complain, they get a $25 gift card. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that feels yeah. like that could be more automatic, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that you're right. You know, they should have just sent out an email and been honest with everybody rather than just, you know, hit the, hit the button. Yeah. You know, true. without, without any kind of warning or explanation. Yeah. Especially when, when like they force you to rely on that reservation system, like you know, you can't, you can't just walk up. You can't make reservations on the day generally. You know, there's people that are, you know, doing what Disney wants them to do and plan months and months in advance, yeah. and then you know they're getting slapped on the wrist for it. Well, and it seems like they would have had that. They would have accommodated for that and had, let's just say, fifty percent are reservations and fifty percent are walk-ins, and so that would never be a, a problem. Very odd. I mean, no one's going to complain if they were to release reservations day of. So why be booked out to the point where you have no, you don't have enough slop to cover this? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds, it's very suspicious. I don't know. But, well, that's about it. I mean, well, there's the, oh, there's the, uh, the lawsuit. uh, Now there's a, about a class action lawsuit against uh, the, uh, the new magic key um, (laughs) reservation system about how, you know, there's a, I think, I, this is one that I'm going to watch. I'm really curious to see how Disney's going to recover from this or how they're going to defend it, um, you know, with like essentially kind of advertising that there's no blockout days. Well, like actually they do advertise that there was no blockout days and then people couldn't get reservations. So like that's a blockout day. It's a mess. It's, it's yeah. a real mess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else to slice it. You know, you know, we, we saw what happened with, um, you know, Disney reservations, um, you know, uh, it's, 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 I don't want to say, I don't want to be dramatic. It's just, it's over. It's so much. Yeah. Too much. Um, yeah, it's too much. I mean, I get that, that Disney is a data driven company and, you know, they completely are reliant on analytics and everything to essentially make all the decisions for them, but it's getting ridiculous. I mean, at what point, at what point does this end? Yeah. And I, and I will say, um, we saw the Genie Plus modifications for our purchased Lightning Lane this week, where 
um, for several attractions. They, they opened it up so you didn't have to pay for it. I mean, and just it's ridiculous to think that people are going to want to pay to go on Everest for a fast. It makes no sense. You know, I, I, I anecdotally, I'd walk by and, you know, it would say, hey, would you like to play, pay for Frozen? And we have plenty of slots open. And same with Everest, you know, it was like a five, 10 minute wait. Like, well, it's just, they, it feels like they need people who are in the p- parks, who are actually working the parks, managing operations. And it feels like that's not happening right now, which yeah. is quite odd. Um, yeah, it's, it's all very weird. And I will say, we rarely talk negative about theme parks, but this operations, the way that it's going on right now is very it's weird. weird. Especially it's weird at best. And other other um, operators seem to be okay with just having people show up at their park, yeah, yeah. like it's been going on for sixty five years. Yeah, yeah, everything's been fine, you know. But you know, <laughs> let's overcomplicate it. So, I mean, I think the pendulum has swung. I, I would I would not be shocked to see Genie Plus get simplified. Um, I posted a few recommendations on what I would change last night on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm just, well, why not? We can talk about it quickly. Just, you know, I would make the first two fast passes free. So everyone's in the system. If you want more, just do it on a sliding scale. And I think that the, the only attractions you should pay for are like what attractions that have just opened within three months. Um, just to, just to start and just call it fast pass guys. Don't, don't reinvent the wheel with a, a new silly name. Just call it fast pass and, yeah, first two fast passes are free, and you're fine. I think that the people would be able to wrap their head around that. Yeah, uh, I watched. Uh, I read a Twitter thread um, the last couple of days. Did you see the guy who went to uh, the Disney parks, the Disneyland Resort parks, uh, and just and did only what Genie Plus recommended that he do? I saw that. And, I saw that. and it, it sent him to a bunch of closed attractions. Yeah, and like like attractions with no weights and you know like he it sent him to like toad and pinocchio and and then dca sent him to the the tortilla factory which is has been closed for years oh wow i didn't hear the mission tortilla factory one i mean he like mr toad was his like number one pick right and then he kept walking by it when it had no weight and then it took him back when it did it's just guys guys yeah (laughs) just build attractions that are cool and let people go to them. I, I don't know where 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 we went awry here, but um, you know, and and that's we we got a comment on it. There was a there are you know anonymous reporting that um, Bob Chapek may be leaving, and I or there is a a torrent of of speculation that Iger would come back, and you know if Genie Plus is his baby, fine, <laughs> Can you send him out. You know, I don't I don't know whatever. It feels like feels very weird to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about um, Iger coming back. I mean, dude's seventy years old, you know. And oh, oh dear, sorry, sorry, you you broke up for a second. Oh no, go ahead. No, you were talking. I you oh, you went it away. It kind of feels like it's a pipe dream. Um, but to yeah. close things out, we have a new producer live in studio. Charlie, everybody, hey Charlie. Hello. Charlie, go ahead and say hi to everybody. You're live coast to coast around the world. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Charlie. I'm from New England. So right now I'm not in the Orlando or kind of L.A. centers of the industry, but I'm glad to be joining TETV. I'm super excited to be coming on as a producer, and I can't wait to, for this experience. I'm excited to be a part of the Untitled Themed Entertainment Design Show. Well, we're happy to have you here. 
Great to have you. And of course, CJ's always there working straight from <laughs> eating food. Having, <laughs> having lunch. <laughs> All right. I always like to get people on the show when they're not ready. Well, why don't we move on to the happier things, right? Absolutely. Happy holidays, New Year's Eve, Santa's back and swinging over. At the Mall of America. Wow. Let's welcome to the show Chris and Amelia. Hello. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the show. Hello, friends. Here we go. <laughs> well, welcome. How's it going, everybody? Can we, Chris, can you hear us? <laughs> I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have like a you're like in a wind tunnel or something. It's a little hard to hear you. It seems. Me? No. Oh, I, yeah. oh no. Oh no. That's right. That's okay. We installed a wind tunnel at Mall of America, which is what we're here to talk about. It's a thrilling new attraction. We put you on a high floor and open all the windows. You're going to love it. It's not well, Amelia, if, if, um, if you're not speaking, just meet yourself, okay? Um, Chris, Grab, why don't you introduce yourself and what you're all about for people who don't know what you're all about? Sure. Hello, friends. Uh, Chris Grapp. I'm Vice President of Experiential at Mall of America. Uh, I'm all about having fun, having a good time, and uh, doing fun things with my coworkers, which is exciting to be back and talking about these things with you guys. Um, I oversee most of the experiences that we put on for guests, whether they're in Nickelodeon Universe, mall common areas, uh, work across every department. So that's really fun and engaging and rewarding. But basically, yeah, just, uh, just a big kid with a little uh, opportunity to have some fun with folks. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, we're really excited to hear about this year's Christmas offerings and, and uh, all the new stuff that's coming up and uh, all, especially the, the whole story with the log flume. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, that thing is the gift that keeps on giving. So happy <laughs> that we have the log shoot in Mall of America. We really have a lot of fun with that. I can't wait to see. And Amelia, welcome to the show. Hello, uh, I'm Amelia with Mall of America as well. I work in the entertainment and event departments here, and I have been at the mall for 21 years, um, which is a very long time to watch Christmas evolve and change here um, and through Camp Snoopy and our generic amusement park and now our past 10 years as Nickelodeon Universe. So long time elf, long time Santa fan. Excited to be here and talk about it. <laughs> The, the self-proclaimed world's greatest elf. Not self-proclaimed. She would never oh. do that. I'm bragging for her. She truly oh, okay. is the world's best elf. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's dive into it. Let's get into like what is Christmas at the Mall of America this year? And you know, I, I'm I'm guessing that it, it was sort of back to normal as opposed to last year's sort of virtual event. Um Yes and no. We, we had a lot more opportunity this year than we did last year. However, we were met with new challenges. I mean, the biggest challenge that's facing, especially Amelia and her team, is just staffing. So once again, even though the world had righted itself in some ways, there were some things that kept us from bringing the experiences fully to life the way that we intended. So we had to get creative once again. Um, so one of the things that Amelia and I have been working on for years is our Santa experience. And as you know, last year we talked about, we worked with HOTOP to bring forward the Candy Cane Institute really as our new way to get guests to see Santa. And what Amelia and I and the rest of the team, I think really like about it is it changes that exchange with Santa, it changes the engagement. So 
last year we had uh, a host of challenges. We never got to show it to guests. People couldn't visit practically. We had to change it to a virtual experience. So this year was the first time that we actually got to invite guests into Candy Cane Institute. And one of the things that was important to us, just given the landscape of what we're dealing with and, and you know, COVID's still a reality and people can get sick. So what we talked about doing is really working um, with a different type of Santa, not working with traditional Santas, but really finding improv performers that could engage with guests in different ways. So as families are moving through Candy Cane Institute, the elves uh, are touring the families through but then Santa can show up at any time and engage with the families in a host of different ways. So there isn't that um, exchange where the child goes up, it's a high pressure scenario, sit on Santa's lap, here's the stranger, tell him your hopes and dreams, and then hopefully they all come true. So uh, Amelia worked really hard on that project and I, we're really happy with uh, the guest feedback. I don't know, Amelia, if you wanna expand on that at all, but I, I'm really happy with how that's turned out. Yeah, I, historically we've hired Santas based on a good photo and selling a good photo. So they have a very specific look, but um, less performance history, less ability to respond in the moment to kids. Um, so we hired younger, I mean, 40s and 50s men versus men who are retired and having a second career, um, which I think has really helped with them being able to respond to current kids and how kids interact. There's a lot less like you're a girl, do you want a dolly? Despite our various times of training the, the senior Santas, um, having the fresh perspective of people in there is really fun. Um, and then they listen to me as a young woman a lot better too, which I appreciate. Um, so it's been a nice change. Uh, we just, yeah, we historically had men who looked great in photos, but just wouldn't sparkle and smile or play and respond to a kid saying they wanted a hatch mole or whatever the strange things kids say. You know, there's a lot of, current things, trends, you have to be on top of the Santa. So it's fun to have. Yeah, it feels like we kind of got away from the copy paste Santa experience. And really these folks, and we talked about it too. If we present these individuals as Santa, the families and the children believe that it's Santa. There's no reason not to. And so we gave ourselves a little bit of grace when we were trying this out. And I, I don't see us going back to anything else anytime soon uh guest feedback has been great families have loved it and uh, again hopefully next year things are a little bit better and we can show the full experience to folks as well patrick i know you got to come and visit and see a, a, a little partial experience as to, to what we do there but candy cane institute's been great and hats off to amelia for working diligently through the season trying to cobble this together uh with her team of elves and finding the santas I'm super happy with this do, do, yeah. do you want to just kind of describe what the Santa Institute's all about? Oh, the Candy Cane Institute, I apologize. Sure. So the idea is that the Candy Cane Institute has existed since 1972. Santa's research team of elves, and basically they've been sciencing Christmas for years and trying to really optimize most holiday magic that's possible. So they kind of rested on their laurels for a while, and then it got to a point where they realized maybe the holidays and what the holidays are about have escaped them. So they convinced Santa to set up uh, market research at Mall of America. So this is the first time the elves have left the North Pole to do actual research focus groups with guests. So they have all these different experiments where they're trying to figure out all these certain things like what exactly is Nog? Are ugly sweaters actually ugly? But if they're ugly, why are they funny? What's the quotient of funny to ugly? Um, 
does Santa need a suit upgrade? You seem to be into different comics and superheroes. Should we upgrade it? So really it gives the elves all these fun talking points for families along the way where they get to discover these things. And uh, the idea is that the elves don't exactly get it quite right. And Santa knows that and Santa appreciates and Mrs. Claus appreciates what they're doing. And they come out and they walk the floor every once in a while to talk to the elves and see the experiments that they're doing and talk to families and, and find out uh, what the elves are actually getting to with, uh, with their research. Uh, it's just a really fun little exchange. It's a fun engagement. And so that's last really cool. year, oh, sorry, go ahead, I was just gonna say that sounds really cool. I love. I was I was thinking back to like uh, experiences in my childhood. And it was Santa's, and all the best ones were the ones that like would actually engage with you and were like on, you know, and you know, obviously had some kind of improv experience. And this is just a kind of look into the world. And last year, um, you know, Amelia, is that you? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Last year, you know, you kind of had people coming around like a whole setup with a Zoom camera and this and that. And this year, you're actually able to have guests come in, which is must have been really exciting. Seeing after so much anticipation, right? Yes, <laughs> we um, luckily have a vaccine clinic on site too, and just allowed the five and ups to come. And so that's been my personal favorite: is like the kids who come and get their shot, and then there's their treat, having been a good good girls and boys at their shots get to go visit Santa and go through this full experience and see it all. Christmas magic. Yeah. And you've really found a lot of fun beats. And, and that's, again, the appreciation we have for Hotop as a partner. They really developed the IP and it, it was quite different at the time. And they really worked with us to make this what it is now. And Amelia and her team are able to bring their sense of humor to it. And really, I was surprised when I went through it with my family this year, because I know what she's working on, I can see the rehearsals, but to go through as a guest was really rewarding. And not to, you know, to draw a comparison, but it really felt like a blend of some sort of Willy Wonka holiday magic and the Jungle Cruise. It was a, it was a blast. And staffing has been a challenge for everyone. And we historically have just gotten mainly like me looking people or college kids who are into performance. Um, and since we broadened our net to a wider group of people, um, I think it's actually been a better guest experience because we have 15 year olds and then we have some of my employees mothers have applied for the short season. Um, and then we have a couple Muslim elves and we have much wider elves than we've had before and much taller and shorter. So it's just like a nicer breadth of, of the world to see elves representing all sorts of different types of people uh, in a way that's been fun this year too. Agreed. I think the way that worked out uh, was fantastic, too. It, it is a far better representation of our guests. Um, so, yeah, that's, again, you know, forced into creative decisions. We, we found some really fun surprises this season, too, things that we'll definitely carry forward. And, you know, just to kind of uh, piggy, piggyback, you know, we, we kind of started 2020 and or 2020, right, the end of the year. We had maybe just posted on our common thread the episode where we did a very big deep dive about what you did last year, which is really great. Then, you know, we, we haven't really seen you in a year, right, Chris and Amelia? What's been the entire year like? Can you give us like a year in review without using swear words? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think there was a lot of, uh, I don't want to say confusion, and but it was more hesitation as we were starting to come back, you, you know, when we were coming out of the winter and starting to look at our breadth of programs, not just the entertainment and event offerings in Mall of America, longstanding programs like Toddler Tuesday, 
where we had moved all these things to virtual and now we had this opportunity to bring them back. So we spent a lot of time trying to create more passive entertainment where we had the flexibility, uh, flexibility to meet the guests at their comfort level. So I'd say really that first half of the year uh, for Amelia and um, the rest of the team that we work with was really just trying to find that balance of what's comfortable for people as we're getting away from screens and getting back into sharing a physical space together. Um, so there was a lot of ideation around that, a lot of different ways to activate things. And sometimes it was just like repurposing and representing things like oversized yard games where we could just create little moments for people to stop and have fun however they want and then clean and sanitize and, and do it again. And then uh, really trying to find different ways to celebrate little moments too, working with a lot of musicians over the past year to give them opportunity and space to play in our rotunda. And uh, I think a lot of it then too for us became, what are we gonna do for holiday? There's such a big push for holiday. After we got through the summer, and especially as we started getting into Halloween and we saw that there truly was an appetite for this, we really wanted to make sure that uh, we gave the most opportunities for the holiday experience that, that people had missed as possible. And some of the systems that we have in place, like you know our Universe of Light light show that's in the south entrance of Nickelodeon Universe, our Enchanted Snowflake experience, those are great things that are, again, more passive, where people can come stop, watch the, the light show, um, and move on. But Candy Cane Institute was a big piece. And then, of course, uh, the log shoot. And really, that's a passion project for our teams. Nobody said we need to do anything with the log shoot. Um, a few years ago, probably five years ago now, Amelia found the patterns. And for those of you that don't know, within Nickelodeon Universe, within Mall of America, is a classic flume ride, which nobody would really expect to be in there. Uh, it's been there since uh, Mall of America opened, and within the second show building is a 27-foot-tall animatronic Paul Bunyan and Babe. And Amelia found the patterns for Paul's wardrobe probably about five years ago. And we had realized Paul had never had a wardrobe change. And so we took it upon ourselves to just start having fun with the log shoot. And... Uh, so for us over the holiday season, we we turn it into the Yule log shoot. Yeah, go, go back to Steve Day. That jumped ahead a little bit too much. Uh, let's <laughs> spoiler, see. spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you walk us through these? You know, let's just let's just walk through the presentation deck and talk us through it if you don't mind. That might be a little easier. So what, sure, what yeah, are we looking at? Here? A few these years yeah, thank you. A few years ago, again, we were kind of tasked with upgrading. There's a uh, mini golf course in Mall of America as well, Moose Mountain Adventure Golf. And it too, like the log shoot, is kind of woodsy based and mountain based. So we decided to create a story merely to amuse ourselves that basically there are mountains within Mall of America. And that when we built Mall of America, we agreed to leave the mountains in place because they were protected because of the tall tales and legends that live there. So the story we created is basically at Moose Mountain. It's uh, protected because there is a Sasquatch that roams the golf course. Um, and we kind of have fun with that. The idea is that the Sasquatch lived there and all the creatures were afraid of him because he was the biggest thing in the woods until Paul Bunyan and Babe came through and clear cut a swath on their way through to 
the area that is the log shoot. So those are the three mountains. We have Moose Mountain, and then over at Log Shoot is Paul's Peak and Babe's Bluff. And we worked with a Minnesota artist named Brett Schoonover, who's one of my favorite comic book artists. And he so graciously worked with us on this. And we wanted to do a triptych of posters that when you connected them all together, showed kind of like the mountainous ranges that exist merely in our minds, but not physically in the space. <laughs> Looks much more grand on the posters than perhaps it does in real life, but that was a lot of fun to work on. I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested. Is this? I'm surprised you didn't put yourself as the character. Is that actually based on your face right there on the top left? No, but maybe I just kind of morphed into that. But no, <laughs> yeah. that, there, there was no ego involved there. But no, that that might just be kind of how how I'm aging into it. So, like you said, you know, you found the patterns. Want to go to the next slide, CJ? Just talk us through what we're looking at. I know there's a few of them. Oh, there's just some fun branding opportunities here. That's cool. Yeah, we made magnets out of those uh, for team members, just a little something to give to team members. We were greatly influenced by state park, uh, national park identity branding, and, and wanted to do that with ours as well. So actually, when you go to Moose Mountain 2, the scorecard is based off of a day pass for a park, and then your score is on the other side. Cool. Fun fact, uh, the, the lady who commented, Kelly, uh, she is a graphic designer for the state park system. <laughs> And she's fantastic. Kelly Bailey, big shout <laughs> yeah. out. I love that gal. She's awesome. She is great. <laughs> so, and th then you had a little fun. Um, this, I'm looking, I feel like I'm looking at Hopper here. What'd you do with Hopper? Yeah, this was a weird opportunity. Uh, and and we, we were so happy that Netflix kind of trusted us to do this. But Netflix was promoting season three of Stranger Things, and they were looking for pitches on things that they could do to show it off. And we... Uh, we, we once again leaned into the long shoot and thought like, what if, could we turn it into Hawkins for a weekend? So we pitched to them that we would turn it into Hawkins. It's actually really, it feels like it's, it, there's so many scenes within log shoot that just play into the show perfectly. And then we worked again, Christopher Straub, who's a former project runway designer. We work with him all the time on doing our Paul Bunyan overlays. So he worked and created the Chief Hopper look that you see here. And uh, what Netflix did then is they brought in David Harbour, who plays Hopper, to surprise guests. So when they were getting in and out of the logs at the log shoot, he was there to greet and surprise people. And uh, he wrote it himself and uh, had a blast. But that was a really fun one. Yeah, that's so fun. I'm surprised it was just a weekend, too. It seems like something you want to hang on to for a little bit, but... Yeah, I think we would have left it if we, <laughs> if, we, <laughs> yeah. if we could have. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was a fun little uh, overlay for the weekend. Um, there's a kitchen scene in there. So that worked perfectly. Obviously there's yeah. a wood scene. So we took my son's old bike and just threw that in there. Like it was Will Byers bike that had been left in there. Um, <laughs> totally redesigned the entire thing with different signage. It was really good. And then this is you guys doing like a little buddy cop. Uh, photo shoot in front of it love that that's right yep it looks like he's babysitting me that man is a giant uh and one of the kindest fellows that's out there but he was uh, super generous with his time and really happy with everything we did and it was nice of him to come and meet paul bunyan and take a photo that's cool is he from the area or did the netflix just just dispatch him yep they flew him in as part of the promotional tour and then amelia maybe you remember this too but one of the characters wore a Minnesota Museum of Science or something shirt. So they did something there as well, if I remember right. Hmm. Does that sound right? 
something like that. Yeah. Getting nods from Amelia. <laughs> and a thumbs up. And then and then we have is this the Christmas outfit here on the right? Yep. So that's kind of how it started. Um, is we thought doing ugly sweaters for Paul year after year would be a fun opportunity. So this one was, uh, it's a little tough to see in the photo, but we make him a Santa hat. And then this was the year two ugly sweater. And it's Paul Bunyan leaning against the state of Minnesota. And it says Paul of America, because we love a good pun. But uh, yeah, that was a fun one. And it's, it's fun as it continues to evolve year after year. There are different elements that we, we bring in and bring back. And uh, it's really made it a lot of fun for us. And hopefully guests enjoy it half as much as we do. That's a great, great way to get people to keep going on the log ride every year, too. Yeah, and one of the things about it, too, is it's because it's a, a ticketed attraction, so much of it is behind the scenes if you want to go in and see it. I mean, there's some daring folks that may, against the rules, bring out their cell phone, cell phone on the flume ride, but I wouldn't recommend it. So it's <laughs> not recommended. <laughs> not recommended. Yeah, there we go. That was the one that started it all. That was our year one, hey babe, ugly sweater. That's great. Uh, do you so, make do you make all this stuff in house, or you said you have a designer that makes those? Yeah, we work with uh, a fellow named Christopher Straub, great friend of ours and Mall of America in general. And then our team of elves continues to go in and we really touch the entire attraction and that's what's been fun about it um we all have kind of our rituals that we do in there too we all have certain things that are kind of precious to us um but it's 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 been a lot of fun holidays are the best like for example amelia there's there's one uh, animatronic beaver that gets a tiny santa hat and we're not done until that beaver gets the Santa hat put on. And that is that is her honor every year. I love it. Do you, do you switch up the music or audio uh, seasonally as well? We do. For Yule Log Shoot, we use Squirrel Nut Zippers, Carolina Christmas. And uh, I can't remember. There's another instrumental Squirrel Nut Zippers track that I think we use. Um, but it's, it's two of theirs. And it's just super fun and punchy and really carries the you know the movement of the log going through there really feels like it's the right music for that space and because it's kind of an old woodsy feel anyway it just it works really well that's great yeah i'm familiar with those tunes i have those on my christmas playlist as well and is this a, a viking i'm looking at or what am i looking at here yeah minnesota forgive me i'm not a sports guy but there was a super bowl a while back and it was <laughs> it was in town yeah. And Mall of America hosted a ton of events around yeah. the Super Bowl. And so Paul Bunyan got in on the fun there, too. In the foreground, you can see uh, there's a football that is front and left in that photo. So that was placed right in front of Babe because Babe is rearing up a little bit. So it was as if Babe <laughs> was going to kick the football. And then we put Paul in the honorary 92 Vikings jersey, 92 being the year Mall of America opened. Oh, cool. And then, of course, uh, I'd say the piece of resistance. You got to really give us uh, an explanation of what we're looking at here. Okay, sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but this is, no, no, this, is no, good, great. this is near and dear to us. So, for nine months, Hulk Hogan truly had a restaurant in Mall of America called Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. Um, 
yeah, shocking that it lasted nine months, perhaps, but that that was the full run of it. And Pasta Mania has a weird, like, there's there's an energy around the idea that this existed, and people who know about it love it and want to talk to us about it all the time. In fact, the reason why the movie, The End of the Tour, filmed at Mall of America was because the, uh, it was the movie with Jason Segel and Jesse Eisenberg about David Foster Wallace on tour for Infinite Jest. In the script, it talked about them going to Mall of America and going to Pasta Mania. And so it was brilliant. The producer came in, bless him, and thought like, oh, it's, what, where is Pasta Mania? I was like, well, it is no longer around, sir. It's been gone for 20-some years. But uh, it was an opportunity for us to, uh, again, have some fun. And we made Paul Bunyan the, the pasta eating champion. So he's got his belt there. We've got a little spaghetti on the axe. Uh, he's got his golden mullet going on. Babe had spaghetti and meatballs all intertwined throughout the antlers. We did a giant prop, Paul Bunyan's Pasta Mania Cup. And this was for Halloween, I think, three years ago. And this, was, this is certainly a highlight for me. So did they recreate Pasta Mania for the movie in the mall then? No, no, we did not. <laughs> we, we did not. They just ate at a food court instead. But oh. yeah, yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> we can dream. Maybe someday. Sure someone's going to start a, a petition now to bring back Pasta Mania. <laughs> I, I, it's got to be out there. There's got to be one somewhere. <laughs> so, That's now, funny. Just so people know, this is a really large, this is a really large outfit. In fact, on the next slide, you're going to see a picture of me wrapped engulfed in uh this year's oh no not that one no okay uh well it's not there no big deal but it's a great photo it's describe, a great photo. describe it for the audience no yeah it's a <laughs> great photo not sure why it's oh did you put it for, if you yeah if you resend it uh cj it should pop up um it's on page 11 um i'm not sure yeah there you go <laughs> great photo of me engulfed in this thing so it finally that's how i'm six five so it's huge humongous so that you were going full-blown santa this year it looked like well this was actually from uh we did two years ago uh we changed it from wally world in vacation we made it poly yeah. world so babe was the mascot instead of you know the moose and yeah. uh then Paul was dressed as Clark Griswold. So that was his okay. Santa jacket he had on then. And uh, we played the music from Christmas Vacation that year. And that year, Paul and Babe did a gift exchange. So <laughs> we had like a giant set of boxer shorts and big bags of oats and carrots. Um, but it was really fun propping that out and just a, a fun nod to uh, a holiday classic. So I got to ask, what do those calls look like? When you do you you're approaching an IP holder and say, "Hey, I'd like to put this on this." Are you being reached out to, or are they reaching out to you, or both? And how do those conversations go? Or do you no, just do it? No. Yeah, we yeah we just do it because it's Pauly World. Oh, really? It's not Wally World. It's you know it's Paul Bunyan's Pasta Mania. Uh, and, and honestly, uh, Netflix was a partner, so they had no problem with us. Yeah, okay, okay. With the Stranger Things, that was we basically pitched to them what we thought we could do, and they were they were okay, fine. No, no, no real approval process to speak of. We had shown no. them what we had done previously, and that was enough for them to trust us to do it. Really appreciate no. it. That was a fun one. 
And so Part of the reason that we do the log shoot things is so we don't have to reach out to our IP partners. We love our relationship with Nickelodeon, um, but they do keep a tight hand on their brand. Um, so it's a lot harder to do playful last minute things with the Nickelodeon based attractions that we have. Um, so the log shoot, we can go rogue in. Is there any chance I have to ask there any chance of the log ride becoming the log by Blamo ride? Anytime Man, soon. You would be shocked to know you are not the first person. You are not the 30th person to ask that. that I would uh, imagine. I I think never. Um, I, I think if we change that attraction, people would be distraught. It is uh, our number one or two attraction, depending on how uh, operations are going for the day. It is just a classic that people love. They they like when we do these kind of changes, but if we did a full overlay for it, there there there'd be some problems. If we if we change the intent of that attraction, we'd be in trouble. Riots in the street, mass Riots hysteria. In the street, dogs I think, and cats. I think next time I'm up there, Chris, I'm just gonna get like a little graphic that says "Buy Blamo" and stick it onto uh, your, your marquee. I, I love a fake sponsorship. Let's do it. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I don't. First off, I don't think anybody at Nickelodeon would notice. Um, whoa, whoa! <laughs> shade. We have to go to the parks to realize that. Um, oh, wow, wow, wow! Well, just, why would you know? No, okay, I work for I used to work for Nickelodeon, so I can say that freely. Um, no, it's just they don't. You know, it's not. It's not. It's you know, the IP holders are not in Minneapolis. They're not going to the parks regularly. It's honor system, but the you're not getting, system. <laughs> you're not, you know, you know, you know, it's, it's be funny. I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, I'll, you know, maybe I'll just Photoshop something and that'd be, that'd be as good as it I gets. I think that would be good. I think it'd be good. I think me and Chris have talked about it all the, I mean, I just keep telling him, Hey, you gotta do a lot of glamour, but I understand why not. I will tell you my favorite one that we haven't done yet that I brought up again on a call last week is we also have a uh, bumper cars that yeah. is just crazy cars. And Amelia yeah. had a great idea for it years ago. I'm going to make you say it out loud again. Do you remember? Mrs. Puff's driving school. I don't even remember. School. Too many ideas. What was it? Mrs. Puff's driving school. Yeah, yeah. It would have been so good right over there by SpongeBob. All the little kids crashing into each other. And there was a t- I'm just going to speak for you. There was a time where we were going to make that into Ren and Stimpy uh, bumper cars as well. That is correct. No, I don't know what why that got canceled, but it was it didn't even it just was a refresh. Yep. But it was not and then we ended up with crazy cars. Yeah. But to be fair, they are crazy. Yeah. 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 Proper proper violent bumper cars. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Love it. So we're so we're back into the swing of things, right? Um, you know, how were the crowds for like uh, you know what, what Black Friday as they call it, or how how, how are those crowds? Amelia? Um, yeah, our, th- that was a crowd. Um, that was our Friday morning for Black Friday. Uh, and we yeah. did cut back our hours by three hours on Black Friday. We used to open really early and we didn't open until 7 a.m. this year. Um, yeah. our, our numbers for the weekend were pretty close to 2019 numbers. Our Saturday actually exceeded it. So we are, oh, people are coming out. They're ready to be in crowds right now. So. I, I wanted to say for those, like this, for many people across America, this photo here, maybe, okay, cool. People are waiting outside. How cold is it in this image that we're looking at? Like, that's got to be, we're like in the six degrees set, 10 degrees. What are we looking at here? Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but that was a below, that was a below freezing day. And 
so as Amelia mentioned, we opened at 7 a.m. And if memory serves, the first person lined up at 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving. This and this 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 area here, our north entrance, is where we incentivize people to go to that area for the promotion we're doing during Black Friday. So we do uh, first 200 people in line get a gift card valued at 10 to 500 dollars, and then we wow. do a scratch off game where it's either an instant win item where you go directly to the retailer to pick up whatever it is, or you get a mystery gift. And we have this area kind of like advent calendar style where a person gets to choose a set of doors and open it up and there's gifts inside. And it can be anything from gift cards to retailers to Kate Spade handbags or gaming systems or giant Lego sets. And it's actually, it's really fun. And to just have that energy in that area is uh, it, it, it makes the day go by really fast, but Santa's out there. The elves are out there to greet people. We have this enchanted snowflake experience going. It, it, and it's, it's maybe weird for people who haven't seen it, but the mall is so big anyway. There's so much space anyway, but it really is a fun energy and atmosphere. I, I really actually have grown to love that day, especially since we're closed on Thanksgiving now. Well, and I can imagine, you know, some people may look at this photo and say, oh, my gosh, like, why are they making people camp out? But, like, it, it becomes its own thing that people want to gather and hang out and, like, the anticipation. It looks like you got big offers. I'm sure if you, like, stopped your program for this, there would be a lot of frustrated people. Like, they love that. They would love – they probably love this. Yeah, and it's interesting for us, too. We get to hear from a lot of people on that day specifically – they travel in from far and wide to be here because of this. Part of it is because we've been closed on Thanksgiving for six years now, if memory serves correct. And that really started the push of more people really recognizing that we pay our employees time and a half on Black Friday. We treat that like a holiday because they're, they're not working on Thanksgiving anymore. So we push that time and a half pay to the next day because it's a huge day, as you can see. And people know that and they appreciate that. And they come as a family tradition. In fact, the first people that were in line weren't from Minnesota. If I remember right, they were from Ohio. They drove up to, wow. to be a part of it. I was, I was just going to say, it sounds like it's probably a family tradition for a lot of people. And then you just said it. <laughs> so, you know, what would be, you know, what would be the holiday season without Santa? I know we touched on it earlier. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, Santa we got going on here? Look at that guy smiling. Get your mystery scratch off. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's one of our Candy Cane Institute Santas. I just pulled him out for Black Friday morning so he could greet crowds there. Um, his summer job is at our minor league baseball team as an in-crowd entertainer. So he has a lot of experience walking among crowds, being really gregarious in a way that works really well for our Santa. Oh, that's great. Awesome. And don't sell yourself short there. I mean, oh, and that's me. That's you. Okay. Elf yeah, around. You sell yourself short. Huh. Uh, and this uh, she's an elf. This is from the New York Times as well. This is oh wow. I wanted to cut it out and put it on my fridge. I was so happy to see a million there. <laughs> it was awesome. We that's put it great. up in the break room fridge. But yeah, it was it was a big day, a great celebration. And then so I have a uh, kind of like maybe a like final finalist question here. So you know, um, we've heard a lot in the news and just the, uh, about inclusion and diversity. And uh, at, at the parks, you know, in Orlando, they're starting to get non-white Santas into the mix. And I believe you guys have experienced that as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that process and how it's working out? 
Sure. Uh, and I, I might be wrong on the years, but I think it's been seven years that our other photo partner, um, the Santa Experience is their name for the holiday program, but they offer a variety of Santas as well. So um, they have an African-American Santa, special needs Santa. Um, I can't remember the, the breadth of Santas that they have, but they've really done a great job of creating a way that guests don't see any Santa, but the Santa that they're there to visit. And there's, I think, a rotation this year, maybe of four different Santas, but in other years, we've had up to five that are just there for uh, different different types of families who want to celebrate in their own their own way. And I think it's been a great program for them. We've been really happy to have them as partners in hosting those opportunities. It's uh, yeah, it's it's necessary, and I'm I'm glad that they've been doing it for so long. We're happy to have them. That's really great, and Amelia. Have you been? Have you been a an elf for those entire twenty one years that you've been at the uh, the mall? Yes, yes, I have. I mean, generally, just a day or two at this point in the season. Um, uh, yeah, that's you awesome. You're like twelve or ten or twelve. To, you know, <laughs> what? What? What did you say, Patrick? No, you say, well, you say you've been doing it for 21 years. I was saying you must have done it when you were very, very young is all. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, no, that's cool. Entertainment holiday magic that you don't I love that you guys have all these traditions and and you you it's so also dear to your hearts and I I love the 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 dedication that you guys have to your attractions and your your guests and everything and you give you give them the very best and I think that's amazing. You know, congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's it's been a lot of fun for us, and you know we appreciate that uh, our teams and our, our our management team just lets us do it. Uh, there wasn't any big red tape to jump through or hoop to jump through. We just decided one day we're going to do these things, and and they let us go. So we really appreciate that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's so rare to have upper management that's just so trusting like that in a with a a big facility like you have. We want to dress a giant animatronic man like a pro wrestler. How do you feel about that? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show and, and getting us up to date and up to speed on, on what's going on over there on the mall for holidays and beyond. Uh, can, you, can you give us any kind of sneak as to what uh, the next theme for the Paul Bunyan ride might be? Yes. Well, we are planning our 30th birthday. Um, All of America turns 30 next year. Um, but who knows what relating to 1992 could come up. I will, I will tease you and say that there is another holiday classic we have long wanted to take and uh, realize that uh, has had quite a bit of attention around it this past year. And we, uh, we, we feel the time is right. So I think next year you're going to be very excited to see what we do with Paul and Babe. Well, that's fantastic, and hopefully I'll be able to make it out to the TEA sneak peek to that next year as well. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Experience, experience real cold. Yes. <laughs> Not no. California cold. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Amelia, Chris, and once again, thanks, Charlie and CJ in the, in the booth. I'm Patrick, and that was Andy. Uh <laughs> thank you guys so much and, and uh happy holidays to everybody all of our friends and our viewers and guests thanks so much yeah.